We can never be satisfied to simply go to church. Family of God, we must be the church. Here at Community Church, our goal for you is to connect with God, with each other, and with your purpose. This is the Community Church Podcast. Hello, welcome to the Community Church Podcast. I'm Jim Miskevich here with Chris Graham and Dennis Hartzell as we continue our exploration through the book of Ephesians. The first part of chapter number five we talked about last time about how Christians need to be in the light and not in darkness. And then Paul shifts to specific relationships that a lot of us have and specifically in the second half of Ephesians 5 is about marriage. So the biggest part that I got out of this is that marriage is about meeting the needs of your spouse. Marriage is not all about the the romance or the fairy tale ending that is not written in here though those things have its place, but Paul directs, "Hey wives, this is what you can do to help your husbands and husbands this is what you can do to uplift your spouse um what did you guys pull out of this passage i think for me the real heavy message there is the importance of the marriage uh, in revel- in uh, relationship to christ and the image we have there of his marriage to the church um, and our marriage to our spouse and how serious that is uh, and really how convicting that is, too. Do I love my wife the way that Christ loves the church? Um, and if I'm being honest, it's not all the time, uh, but it needs to be. Am I caring and providing for her the way that Christ cared and provided and sacrificed for us? Definitely a high calling and a high standard. Dennis? Yeah, you know, actually, we don't talk about this ahead of time, so I agree. Uh, that's the one I kind of picked out, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. To me, that's a just a unbelievable challenge to uh, respond that way to my wife. <laughs> well, how would Christ respond, you know, in his love for the church? Well, that's how I'm supposed to respond to her. And uh, sometimes I don't feel like responding that way. Sometimes things catch me uh, off guard, and I'm sure I don't respond uh, the way that Christ would. But to have that, like you said, Jim, as a standard, uh, that's just unbelievable. But, but I also love this verse in that it teaches us uh, how much, uh, how important the church is to Christ. Some people uh, nowadays, you know, don't put much stock in uh, meeting with the other believers and meeting in the church, and uh, and don't show a lot of love for the church. But it shows here that Christ died for the church, and so that that really is a meaningful verse to me in both aspects. It's very interesting in marriage that uh, God designed <laughs> us to complement one another. One's better at something where the other one can pick up the slack um, with the other. Um, This is a whole letter that's written, and sometimes we break it down so much that we don't remember what was in chapter number one. Um, In chapter number one, God broke down his plan for rescue, where God, the Father, had a role, and how Jesus also had a role in the Holy Spirit. I hope, as Christians, we wouldn't say the Holy Spirit is better than Jesus, or God the Father is better than uh, the Son. Just like in a marriage, it's it's not necessarily what you do or how you interact. One is not better than the other. They are meant to work together to complement to be able uh, one another. So I found that interesting uh, going through the book um, of Ephesians. Um, 
this is going to be a little bit different than our other podcast. Normally we talk more about what we learned uh, about God, and then we have an application section. We're going to go a lot with application, so I hope we have uh, several questions to go through. Um, Chris posed the question uh, to us, um, do you have an example of how a wife submitting or of one not submitting that you would like to go with? Dennis, you want to go first? Uh, sure. Um, I've got a, oh, I can just think of a couple examples uh, of a wife uh, not submitting. Um, I've seen wives who had trouble with spending limits. Their husband tried to uh, rein in uh, spending or to make sure that the family wasn't overspending or out of budget type of things. And I've seen wives uh, who, uh, and quite frankly, uh, my mom had trouble with that as I was growing up. Uh, she's uh, with the Lord now, as well as my father, uh, so I could kind of tell on them. But uh, yeah, my dad was, uh, you know, regularly trying to get her to see that, um, you know, you shouldn't use the credit card this week, honey, and uh, different things. And so anyway, so that's one example of uh, spending limits that some might put. I've seen wives who, uh, uh, I can think one specifically, who... She just felt like she got married too young, and she wanted to party after they were married. And they mm -hmm. never did that before they were married. She wanted to go to bars and hang out, and and it just uh, took the husband, you know, just off guard because he uh, he just wasn't used to that lifestyle and actually didn't want to become part of that. And she did, and she eventually uh, left him, but she wasn't willing to submit to his leadership in that area. Um, one other, I could think of a wife who thought that. Another man could please her needs more than her husband, and obviously that's against uh, what he wanted her to do. And and fortunately, in this case, the Lord was able to save their marriage. But quite often, that's not the case. Well, Chris, you gave you know uh, broad questions. So you're going to get a long yeah. response from me. So I've I've thought about this and the roles in this situation. I, I'm not too concerned with. But let's suppose you're going on vacation, and let's just suppose the husband is the one that that's the main planner of where you're going to go, how long you're going to go there. Um, and that's his role. I'm not going to say that's what it should be. I'm just saying that's, uh, let's just suppose that. Um, what uh, should these roles kind of look like in the, this case? Um, a husband should plan ahead of time, shouldn't just go on the fly uh, with his plans on where to go, what to visit, and how long. He should definitely ask the wife, hey, what would you like to do? Um, and listen to her responses. He should be the one that's packing, getting things ready, maybe having uh, to wake up early to be able to pack the car. And um, this has happened in my own uh, marriage where this has happened. And I don't know if you've been on vacation, but after a day, maybe three or even less, plans don't, things don't always go according to plan. Uh, I've, I've tried to get directions or said, you know, punched in the right address into the GPS. Well, it, it's not there. Or you have to, you know, find a parking spot in the middle of Chicago and you think you have a parking spot and it, it, it doesn't go well and there are horns honking and everything. Um, a good example of a wife encouraging, respecting, um, I guess submitting is having a good attitude even when things don't go according to plan. I know when things haven't gone according to plan on vacation or some other time and my wife has encouraged me, maybe not even said anything, just smiled, said everything's going to be okay. That's a great way for a man to know that he is respected, that he tried his best and things didn't go well. Um, but that that's an example, kind of a husband and wife, where the husband is working hard um, and the wife is encouraging and not nitpicking at when things don't go quite um, according to plan. 
Chris, did you have a, a good example of this? Well, I might have more questions than I have examples for this. <laughs> uh, you know, as I was thinking about this, I think it's easy for us who are on the outside of, you know, other marriages to kind of observe and, you know, we perceive what we think is a wife who's not submitting. And, you know, one example I'll be is, uh, or I'll give you is, you know, sometimes it's the wife who has a strong personality and the husband who's more laid back, chilled. And so it comes off like she's the more domineering one. She's driving the whole relationship as, as some would say, she wears the pants in the family uh, compared to him. But I would ask you guys, and I think maybe before I go too much further, is how would you define submission? What does that really look like? Can you have a wife who's more domineering, more of the dominant personality, and yet she still be submissive? Yeah, I would, I, this is how I kind of define it. Um, like between my wife and I, Mary, uh, we'll, we, we can discuss something. If we disagree especially, we'll discuss it. We'll challenge each other. We'll ask questions. Um, and then... Uh, we, you know, we'll do that as long as we possibly can uh, before a decision has to be made. And as that time is approaching for a decision to be made, uh, we've, in 44 years of marriage, there have been a handful of times where we go, you know what? It looks like we're not going to make any progress on changing each other's minds. Let's pray about this. And we prayed about it. If we had the, if we had the time, we'd pray about it for 30 days. And at the end of those 30 days, we've always been agreed. And uh, now there are times when we didn't have that long. <laughs> And we have been disagreed, but in 44 years, I can think of maybe three or four times when we discussed it, we didn't agree, we weren't going to agree, we didn't have time to pray maybe for 30 days, and I just said, you know what, this is my decision and we're going to do it. And Mary said, okay, I disagree, but that's you know, okay. So to me, that's that's a biblical definition of submission for me. We're, I'm willing to discuss it, give her equal opportunity to discuss, but then in the end, if a decision has to be made, that I make it, and then she goes, okay. So that's my d definition of it. It's definitely a, a difficult uh, thing to be able to discuss and to pinpoint because there's so many different examples. Um, for me, the resounding word is more respect from the wife and the care and nurture from the husband. Um, the things that I wrote down earlier is, do husbands stop, take time, and listen? Do they try to, I know for me, things don't go well when I just uh, represent or present the facts about something. Hey, this is what we have to do. This is the time we have to do it. I'm sorry we have to go through it. Maybe I don't even say sorry. And this is what we have to do. Whereas she processes things differently. She needs to have someone listen to what's going on. And maybe we have the same conclusion, but it's taking the time to listen. Um, I know for husbands, the love part, a big part is to plan and work hard. Oh, I, I would assume that both spouses, but I know wives definitely want a husband who is working hard at their job, at home, who takes time to listen and plan um, accordingly. And does the husband sacrifice? That is the example that is given in the Bible of Jesus loving and sacrificing. The word submit definitely gets a bad connotation that the wife has to give in every single time. I, I don't know what's a higher calling, submitting to someone else's wants or loving the way that Christ loved the church. I, I can't give this beautiful textbook definition of exactly how to do it or what to do it, but those are some uh, keys for husbands is to listen, 
to plan and work hard to sacrifice. And then for wives, it's having a good attitude. Man, when things go wrong, but your wife is uplifting with your kids, has a good attitude, um, is not, you know, complaining, you can get through about just anything, to be honest with you, um, when the mom, the wife is positive. Um, does she assist um, when they've come together on a plan? Hey, dad's going to go do this. Does she help with the kids? Does um, she take the lead when needed to? Hey, the wife is just better at finances or just better at doing this. Does she go and actually take the lead uh, when needed to? Um, another one that might not be on range here, and maybe it's a, something for later, um, is it doesn't really have to go with this is how do you talk about your spouse uh, to other people um, I think a way to show love and to show respect is when you're out not that your wife is perfect my wife's not perfect not that your husband's amazing and you know does no wrong but do you go to your friends and complain all the time about how lazy your husband is that is not respectful and not caring do you you know, go to your guys and say, hey, my wife is just blah, 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 blah. That is not loving um, and caring. I would think, too, it's very deteriorating to the home when those conversations happen with the children. Mm. I mean, that could really undermine the example that you're setting of a godly marriage for your children and what it looks like. You're taking away the respect that you should be giving your, your husband or the love you should be uh, giving to your wife and really eroding that foundation that, that should be there. So the question, the next question I had was, for you, what is the hardest thing about having uh, a marriage? Communication. <laughs> <laughs> My wife reminds me sometimes I have a master's degree in it, but that doesn't mean I'm very good at it. So, um, yeah, I would say, uh, you know, one thing I think, and, and Dennis, I'd be interested in your perspective on this too, having been married just a few more decades than Jim and I, um, is it seems to me, and, and this is through interaction with you know friends from small group or or coworkers, um, and even my own marriage as well, it's beginning to get a lot easier to disengage from your spouse than maybe it ever has been before. You have so many other things that are at your fingertips that never were before. You have outlets on social media. Uh, you have um, text messaging. I get paged from work more often than ever before because it's right at my fingertips and they'll know mm -hmm. I respond. So it's a lot easier for me to not communicate with her because I'm being pulled in more directions and I don't have more of that singular minded focus. Yeah, that's a good point uh, of the the, the um, challenge we all face with uh, other opportunities, which lends itself to um, encouraging people more and more to be able to speak the love language of their spouse. Mm -hmm. I just uh, finished it for a second time uh, reading of Gary Chapman's book, uh, Love Language, and the, um, the idea that all of us have uh, one of uh, four or five different love languages, quality time, words of affirmation, physical touch, acts of service, or receiving gifts. And once we understand what communicates best to our spouse, whether it's a word of affirmation or time or some of these others, then it helps us when we understand that we could be disconnected. To, to, it gives us a tool to be more disconnected. At least when we are talking, we're communicating in a way that they can hear us. And so I would just encourage people to uh, read this book by Gary Chapman. And uh, we reviewed it a few weeks ago. 
but just the idea that if you speak the language so that your the words you're speaking your spouse can understand you uh, more readily uh, helps uh so anyway that's that's uh that's what i have it, on that point it takes time to know your spouse um mm-hmm. to be able to learn their love language and to learn how they're going to react um that's work mm-hmm. at least for me uh it is work to be able to continually know more and more um about my wife and and you you know we're watching these these movies uh with our kids during the the uh quarantine coronavirus thing and they always end the movie with you know the wedding that that's that's the easy part the wedding's the easy part the the marriage is hard work you got to get to know them that's one hard um part about it um back to the question hardest thing about marriage communication is always up there for for me it's working styles how do we like to get things done i like to wake up early i like to do things in the morning and then i want to take a break in the afternoon finish the project in the evening and by seven o'clock i'm done i i it uh it was it used to be a rule at our house don't ask me a question or ask me to fix anything or do anything past you know nine o'clock and it's kind of gone backwards it's gone to eight o'clock now it's seven but that's you know my working style i have a certain way i like to do a little bit take a break a little bit take a break my wife is not the early morning person she has a different working style and she wants to work at this time and this is the way that she works and to be able to interact with that is is very difficult because i i have a certain way of doing it then you throw kids in the mix and then you have careers and then someone's got to make dinner and it it can be difficult to be patient and to let the other person do what they need to do to be able to get their job accomplished, even though it's different um, than ours. I'm, I'm curious, Dan. So, what what's mm-hmm. the hardest thing for you about marriage? And don't say don't say <laughs> everything is great because <laughs> that'll just crush, then crush just, me. Then you just go talk to Mary and find out I was lying to you. Yeah. Um, you know, it, there's a few thing, a couple things I thought of. <laughs> Um, you know, agreeing on expenditures was harder when we were more, you know, younger in our earlier years. But still, you know, we, now we have more money. <laughs> uh, we don't have any kids around, so we have more money and, uh, than ever before to spend. And so to uh, to agree on expenditures, you know, is, is uh, uh, sometimes can be a source of, of irritation. Again, we, we're better than we used to be because just because of age. But uh, forgetting uh, to express gratitude. Uh, sometimes you can take your spouse for granted uh, after you've been married 44 years and you just expect her to make your meals for you and you expect her to clean the house and you expect and she expects you to mow the lawn she expects you to go to work and so on and so yeah so just forgetting to express gratitude take each other for granted can happen as you're getting a little older and then uh, you know I guess to remember to keep dating uh, that refers back to a little bit to Chris's idea of uh, boy there's so many things that can keep us from communicating uh, you know I know it's popular now where it didn't used to be but a date night uh, where you you know you force yourself if I mean <laughs> that shouldn't be a hard thing but you you force in your schedule of time you create space for your spouse especially understanding that you don't have the uh, communication time that you used to or that it there are things that pull you away from proper communication so I guess for me those are kind of the hardest things so I, we calculated earlier that combined we have about 75 years of marital bliss uh, experience. Um, so I want to hear your best practical advice. For me, is uh, with communication is to communicate 
early. So if I would like to go and play basketball with people um, somewhere, and I know this can happen in two weeks, to tell my wife as soon as possible, hey, this is what I'm thinking. I think it looks like on our calendar we have uh, something that is a day that's free. What do you think? Is it fine? The sooner I communicate that, the better. If I ask the day before, things don't go nearly as well. And a little side note, we all have phones. I would recommend having a shared calendar where you put certain events on there. That's a nice little helpful tip. But to express, hey, this is what I would like to do. That's one. And to do it early before things have to get done. If you know the wife would like to have a certain project done, by the husband to ask ahead of time and not say, hey, I know you got a day off here. I need you to do it you know, tomorrow. Things don't go nearly as well. So communicate early. Chris, you got a best practical advice. Yeah, I think one thing I wish would have been preached on more during like premarital uh, counseling that we were going through is that it's really hard work and you have to put in a lot of time and effort and invest yourself in it uh, for it to be successful, I think too many people get caught up in the in the Hollywood that we've seen out there as far as what a marriage should be, and uh, you know you see great marriages from others, but not realizing behind the scenes there was a lot of work and time that went in to making as strong of a marriage as it could be. For me, um, if there was one thing I could pick, I would say praying together has been the best thing for our marriage. Um, Mary's parents set a great example. They had family devotions every day of her life that she could remember. And so we tried to do that. So that started us out early, uh, praying together when we had small kids, before the kids even, but during the kid time. And now afterwards, uh, we try to do it every day. We don't, we're not legalistic about it. If it's that doesn't make sense, we don't force it. But uh, praying together, it's hard to argue with somebody you're praying with. Uh, it, it, you know, I can he hear through her prayers uh, what's a concern in her heart and she might pray about something that I didn't even think about it wasn't even on my radar and I go oh man I didn't realize that was should be on my radar and uh, so yeah praying together um, is, is probably the uh, single best advice I can give well thank you for um, all of your advice uh, we have next time we are going to delve into the beginning of Ephesians Ephesians 1 or six, one through nine, that talks about parenting and boss-employee relationships. Also, we're hoping to have podcasts after this about specific topics about marriage, about parenting, maybe getting other people in. So if you want more um, information about that, uh, hopefully that'll be to come. Also, if you have any questions um, about uh, the podcast or give us any feedback, what you like, what you don't like, maybe a topic you want discussed, please email us at info at edwardsburg.church. Oh, That's right, info at edwardsburg.church. Um, and now Dennis has a book review. find yourself overwhelmed, overloaded, or overcommitted? Are you a business owner, a housewife, a parent, or in full-time ministry? 
If you answered any of these questions with a yes, then today's book review is for you. I'm reviewing a book by Greg McCowan called Essentialism. The subtitle is The Disciplined Pursuit of Less. Unquote. I normally review books that are based on a Christian worldview or about Christian living. But today's book, however, is neither. It is purely a secular book with many Christian sub-themes. For example, the Bible talks a lot about living a self-disciplined life or choosing the best way to spend your time or using your gifts as a wise steward should. In his book, McEwen challenges all busy people to assess whether or not they are using their time and talents on, quote, non-essentials, unquote. In other words, are we discerning what is absolutely most important or essential? This is not another time management book, but rather it is a guide on how to say no to most things and choosing to do or spend time on those things that should be the highest priority for our lives. Lin Yutang, a Chinese philosopher and inventor, once said, quote, The wisdom of life consists in the elimination of non-essentials, unquote. Those words pretty much sum up the main message of McEwen's book. It is an interesting read in that as you are reading, you are also thinking about what you need to eliminate from your schedule or life. I love the book because it caused me to think about how I prioritize things, things I say yes to, or things I should be saying no to. The author often reminds the reader that less is more. I would recommend this book to anyone who has a hard time saying no and would like to learn anyone who has a hard time saying no would like to learn how to filter out the non-essentials of your life. You may find that reading this book has an effect on your approach to life. Like I said, it is not written from a Christian perspective, but many of the disciplines recommended are also recommended in the Bible. For me, the book was a little repetitive and therefore seemed a little long. For those reasons, I give the book a 4.5 out of 5. Next week, we'll review another book that is not written from a Christian viewpoint either, but it has many Dave Ramsey-type lessons for all of us on how best to make money decisions. The book is Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Until next time, keep listening for the trumpet.